Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Okay, Chavar, let's get started. Thank you, David, Sarikim, uh, for sponsoring today. Le'iloi Nishmat, Yochanan ben Raphael, his father. Our learning today should be Le'iloi Nishmato, and thank you for sponsoring this third installment of our Lunch and Learn. Also, thank you to Yosef for being the business manager over here and arranging a good deal with Pizza 41. And thank you, Pizza 41, for hosting us again. We're going to learn today, God willing, a story about a person whose name is Nakdimon ben Goryon. And this Nakdimon ben Goryon is a very interesting fellow in the Gemara. You might remember him from a Gemara in Mesechet Gitin. The Gemara in Mesechet Gitin tells us that in Yerushalayim, this was around the time of Korban Bayit Sheni, destruction of the Second Temple, there were three extremely wealthy people. Even though there was a siege closing in the city of Yerushalayim by the Romans, they could have kept the Jewish people living for 21 years based on their wealth. So one of those three people was... One of those three people was Naktimon ben Goryon. Now really the Gemara is going to tell us his name is really Boni or Buni. That's really what his name was. This was a way we refer to him because of the following story. Mm-hmm. Naktimon means to pierce through. We're going to see a miracle happen because of his righteousness. And based on that, they called him Naktimon ben Goryon. As we were saying, this fellow Naktimon ben Goryon was one of the three wealthiest people in Yerushalayim. We're going to see from this story, not only was he very wealthy, but he was also very generous with his money. The end of the story that we're going to do in Masechet Ta'anit, as we're about to read, we're going to see there seems to be a contradiction from a different Masechet, and we'll talk about that a little bit. But this is a very famous story about Naktimon ben Goryon. So this fellow, Naktimon ben Goryon, was very wealthy, but he also had great care for the Jewish people and used his wealth to help the Jewish people. So listen to this story. You know, when the Jewish people came to Yerushalayim for the Regal, for the Chagim, it was very important that they have water. Why is it very important that they have water? Because think about it. Millions of people are coming to Yerushalayim. We can't even imagine. Imagine for a moment, every Sukkot, every Pesach, every Shavuot, the entire Jewish nation converged on the Beit HaMikdash, on Yerushalayim. Millions and millions of people. Now imagine they show up and there's no water. Not only would that be problematic in the immediate time, nobody has water to drink, their animals don't have water to drink, but what precedent will that set? People in the future are going to say, you know what, maybe I'm going to not go to Yerushalayim next year. It's going to cause, in the future problems, people are going to not be so excited. As we're about to see in this story, there was a year of drought, a year when there was not very much rain, and there was no water in Yerushalayim. So Naktimon ben Goryon was, was upset about this, and we'll see what he did. So Tanur Abanan, the Brayta, tells us, Pamachat one time, Alu kol Yisrael l'regel Yerushalayim. All of the Jewish people went up to Yerushalayim on the Chag. V'lo ayalahem mayim lishtot. It was a year of drought, and there was no water to drink. So halach naktimon ben Goryon, now he existed, this was talking about at the end of Bayit Sheni. That's the Gemara and Gitin we spoke about. He actually was one of the wealthy people who said, even though there's this Roman siege against Yerushalayim, I have enough money based on my resources to support for 21 years. This was during the, during the years of destruction. So Naktimon went over to one of the Roman officers, or one of the Roman noblemen, Etzel Adon Echad, 
Amarlo, and he said to him, Halveni shtemesre ma'ayanot mayim lo'olei regalim, v'ani aten lecha shtemesre enot mayim. He said like this, you have 12 springs of water. Right, this wealthy Roman officer. You have 12 springs or pools of water. That should be enough for the Jewish people. Lend me the water, and I'm going to give you back that water, and they set the date when I'll have to give it back for. But he made it a sweet deal for the Roman guy. Listen to this. He said, If I don't give you back the water that I'm borrowing, I'm going to give you 12 talents of silver. Millions of dollars. Meaning, not what the water's worth. We're talking about, this is a, what's that called in business? Where you borrow... High interest borrowing, whatever. What's that? Hard, hard money lending, basically. Yeah. That's what he was doing. Loan shark. Loan shark. Why was he doing this? Because they needed water. So he said, "Look, I'll borrow the twelve pools of water to give people to drink. Now, I'm going to pay you back by a certain date, the Kavalos man, and they established the date. And if I don't pay you back by that date, I'll pay you back millions and millions of dollars. This, this is a tremendous chesed. He's trying to save it for the Jewish people. Beautiful." So what happens? That year, for that Chag, they had water, Baruch Hashem. The year goes by and it's a drought. There's no rain. So nobody has water to drink. So what ends up happening now is, Kivan Azman, that day comes. Let's say it was nine months later, ten months later, whatever it was. The day comes and it hadn't rained. Kivan Azman, Velo Yardug Shamim. There was no rain the entire year. Okay, so this Nakdimon Ben Goryon, He's sunk, literally, he's a problem. Now the Marsha speaks out something very interesting. When I explain the Gemara with the Marsha, he explains like this. Goyim, they calculate day and then night. We calculate night and then day. So that Goy understood, let's say he said it was gonna be January 1st. That would be the day he has to pay by. He understood it was ad velo ad bechlal. So what does it mean? He understood that the loan should be repaid either through water or will have to pay back the money until January 1st, not including January 1st. So therefore what happened was as follows. The shacharit in the morning, which was January 1st in the morning, Shalach Lo, the Roman officer, sent a message to Nakdimon, Shigarli, send me omayim, omot Send me either the water. Now, he was joking, obviously, because it hadn't rained. He knew that Akdima didn't have water. So what he was saying was, look, the day's up. This is the final day, and you have to pay me back now the total sum. So Shalach Lo and Akdimon ben Goryon sent back a message. I have more time. The whole day is mine. And what was he saying back? This is the Marsha explains. We know in Halakha, we know in Halakha, if I'm trying to take money away from you, what's that called? If I'm trying to extract money from you, the one who's trying to pull the money away from the other has to bring the proof to show that he's deserving of that money. So what Nakdimon was saying is like this. You thought it was ad velo ad bechlal. You thought that it was supposed to be till January 1st, not including January 1st. No. January 1st, when we said January 1st, I meant ad ve'ad bechlal, that it would be including of that day. So I still have the whole day to pay you back. Now, think about it for a second. The whole year it doesn't rain. You think it's going to rain 12 pools of water on that day? Okay, it's very unlikely, but Nakdimon said, look, I have time still, so don't bother me in the morning. That's obviously, it's a little far-fetched to think that it's going to rain 
it hasn't rained the entire year. Now it's going to rain to fill up all of that water, but that's what he sent hurricane. them. Hurricane. Right, he's expecting a hurricane, some sort of a monsoon. So the next story, next part of the story, but Zaharayim, it was the afternoon. Right? So now it was 12 o'clock. Shalach lo, the Roman officer sends a message to Nakdimon. Shigar li omayim omaut biadcha. Okay, look, now it's the afternoon. So the, the Goy was saying to Nakdimon, he said, look, I understand you say it was adva ad bichlal. But if it would be ad bichlal, it's only till middle of the day. You don't have the whole day. Now, he didn't realize when it comes to Jews, we have the day and the night included. So, I mean, he really, when he said till January 1st, Nakdimon meant to say, I have till the night. Because really, it would be the night before, till the night after means till Shkiata Chama. So he said, Look, he said, you, you have to send me now the water or the money. So, what happened? No, I have till Shkiah. Nakdimon Ben Goyon said back. Now, again, you realize it's getting less and less likely. I mean, this, the, the, uh, the percentage is that it's going to rain so much now is so unlikely, yeah. so impractical. But Nakhdimon said, you can't claim the money yet. When the night comes, then you can claim the money. Never lose hope. So Bimincha, now it got into early to middle afternoon. So now we're talking about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Shalach lo, the guy sent the message to Nakhdimon. Shigar li, omayim omot sheyeshli biadcha. Send me the money or send me the water now. Obviously, you're talking about three hours till Shkiah. It's not going to rain to fill 12 springs of water when it hasn't rained the entire year. So send me the money, basically. That's what he was saying. So Shalach lo, Nakhdimon sends back a message. Adayin yeshli shaot bayom. I still have time in the day. Now this is really impractical. Talking about it hadn't rained the entire year. And Akdimon is saying, I have three hours and three hours. It might rain, imagine like t- tons and tons of water. But he said, I have time. So this Roman officer, he said, you're a joke. This is a joke. And Ligleg Alav Oto Adon, that guy laughed at Nakdimon, and he said, Amar Kola Shana Kula Lo Yarduk Shamim. The entire year, it didn't rain. Turning to Chafamur Aleph, Vachshav Yarduk Shamim, and now it's going to rain so much to fill up 12 springs of water. He said, what you're suggesting is ridiculous. And he was so confident that he wasn't going to be paid back the water. This is how the Marshal learned. He wanted to show almost like to make fun of Nakdimon. So what did he do to make fun of Nakdimon's emuna, of his, of his uh, far-fetched faith in his opinion? What he did was, he went to take a bath. He went to the jacuzzi. Meaning what he wanted to do is show, look, I have such an abundance of water. I'm going to go enjoy the water that I have. There's no way you're going to be able to make back that water to pay me back. So he's feeling great. He just won the lottery. He's getting paid for 12 springs of water, I don't know, 15 or 20 times that amount in money. Because he's saying, in three hours, there's no way you're going to be able to pay back that amount of water. So the Gemara continues, So this Roman nobleman entered the bathhouse, feeling very festive. So what does Nakdimon ben Goryon do? Now listen to this part of the Gemara. Nakdimon nechnas mikdash. He entered the temple. He went into the Beit Hamikdash. This is the end of the second temple. He went into Davin to Hashem. Keshuat seven. He was very sad. He wrapped himself in talit and he stood up to daven to Hashem. Marlifanavi said in front of Hashem, Ribono Shelolam, Master of the World. You know, it's revealed in front of you. I didn't borrow the money 
and give it to the Jewish people in, in my, for my own honor, to flex my muscles, to show my wealth. Nor did I do it to give honor to my father's house. I didn't do it for any personal glory. I did this for your honor. Why? So that the Jews who are coming for the Chag, they should have water to drink. Imagine they're going to show up and there's no water. Right? Yosef takes care of that. You can show up and there's Coke. Imagine that. Right? You see that? The point is, he said, no, I didn't do it for my honor. You know I didn't do it for my father's honor, my house, my family's name. I only did it so that the Jews would have water and they would come back again for the, uh, for the Yom Tov next year. So what did he say to Hashem? Please, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, make sure... Basically, he's asking for a miracle at this point. Because at this point, for the rain to fall in sufficient amount, maybe it's an hour before Shkia, right? This is a miracle. So Miyad immediately, The heavens became filled with clouds. And the rain fell. Not only did those 12 springs become full of water, there was more water than had already originally been inside of those pits of water. So Naktimun prayed, which was a miraculous thing. He said, I didn't do this for my own honor. I did it for the Jewish people. And because of that, please make it rain. And he made it rain, the rainmaker, literally. And it rained enough not only to fill up those pits, but there was excess. Unbelievable. So what ended up happening? The Roman nobleman's coming out of the bathhouse. As he's leaving the bathhouse. And Naktimon is leaving the temple. And when they bumped into each other, imagine that. So the Roman Naktimon said to him, not only do I not owe you money anymore, I'm giving you back more water than I borrowed from you. This is a you know, Jewish chachma over here. You owe me back interest because I'm giving you back more water than I borrowed from you. Give me back the money of the water that I've given you on top of the 12 springs that I borrowed from like you. We're leaving the coke here so Yosef is going to charge them for the leftover. Now, so far it sounds like a good, happy ending to this story. The problem was, by the time it rained, the sun had already set off. So Marlo, so, so the Roman guy says back to Nakdimon. He said, Yodeani, I know. I know that you're a special person. And I know why this happened. I know that Hashem only shook up his world. He changed Mitziyot, that it hadn't rained the entire year. And now it rains like a monsoon. I know Hashem did that. He only did it for you. I know. I'm not unaware of reality. I know that Hashem did it because of your tzidkut, your righteousness. But I still have an argument against you. Why do I have an argument? I can take my money out from you. Why? Because the sun has already set. The gshamim, the rains, they didn't fall in your domain. So you're giving me back the water? You're not giving me back the water. It already had set. If the sun had set, your time is up. The water fell in the pits. <laughs> you have to pay me money and I get the water back. So now, it's already at sunset. It's already done. Naktimon is sunk. Now what's he going to do? Sun had set. There's no, the rain, rain fell afterwards. And the guy says to Naktimon, 
you're in trouble now. You have to pay me the full value, and I actually benefit it. So I'm the one who won, you lost, Nakdimo. Pretty serious. So listen to this. This is where things get double miraculous. That's a simple. Chazar v'nechnas l'beit ha-mikdash, Nakdimon went back into the temple. Nitatef v'amad batfilah, he wrapped himself in talit and he prayed to Hashem. V'amar nisay l'fanav, he said in front of Hashem, Ribono shalalam, master of the world. Oda sheyesh l'cha avim ba'olamecha. Make it known that you have loved ones in the world. And what does that mean? Make it clear to the world, to this guy, but to the world in general, how much you love the Jewish people. Make it clear. Why? Because if you don't make some sort of a miracle, then people are going to say, you see, Hashem doesn't care about the Jews. This Naktimon tried to do a mitzvah, a chesed for the entire nation, and now he's having to pay up a tremendous sum because of that mitzvah. doesn't look good. Make it known that you love the Jewish people. Miyad immediately, what happened? The clouds parted. And the sun pierced through. This is, this is a miracle. I mean, this is, this is uh, beyond measure. So what? We are in the, it's the day. The, the next day or the it's day before? It's daytime. It's daytime. The sky parted and the sun came through. So it's still daytime. So the story continues. At that time, the Roman officer says to Nakdimon, If the sun wouldn't have pierced through, shone through, I'd be able to extract my money. But now that it's day, what am I going to do? The rain fell in your reshut, it fell in your domain, and he didn't have to end up paying the money. Now the Gemara goes on to tell us his name wasn't really Naktimon, his name was Boni Naktimon, is Lashon Niktera. It pierced through. He was called by the greatness of this miracle, that he literally turned back time. This is unbelievable. In the schut of his chesed, Hashem listened to his prayers, and he turned back time. And the Gemara goes on to say, there were three people in history such a great miracle occurred for, where the sun stood in the sky, or it changed reality, Naktimon ben Goryon is Boni, Moshe Rabbeinu and Yoshua ben Nun. So he's in pretty great standings. You think about that category. But now listen. Unbelievable. This must be a very special person. Right. So now what emerges from this story, obviously this Naktimon was a very big tzaddik. We also know he was tremendously wealthy, but it seems like he utilized his wealth and put his wealth in jeopardy, I want to point out. He put it in, at risk. Because you'd have to pay this guy millions and millions of dollars in order to help the Jewish people. Sounds like a happy ending, right? But it's not so simple. Listen to this. The Gemara in Mesechet Ktuvot, Samachvav to Samachzayim, 66 to 67, explains this Naktimon ben Goryon lost all of his money. Not only did he not, was he not wealthy, but at the end, with the Khurban Bayit Sheni, all of his money was destroyed to the degree that the Gemara says his daughter, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai saw his daughter, Nakdimon's daughter, and she was digging around for food. The Gemara illustrates in a very dirty way. She was looking in the tzo'ah, in the excrement of animals, the Arabs, donkeys, animals, for the barley that's between there. In a horrible thing. She be, they became so poor to such a low degree after the Chorban Bayit Sheni. So the Gemara says, what happened? Seems like such a tzaddik. And at the same time, on the other hand, they lost all of their wealth. What's the pshat? Says the Gemara in Ketuvot, it's Samach Zayin Amad Aleph. Two pshatim. So one pshat is, it's true he gave a lot of charity, he helped out a lot of people, but he did it lichvodo. He did all of that charity for his own honor. 
He did it for his own sake, and that's why eventually he forfeited all of his money. Second pshat, the Gemara says in Ketuvot, that he gave charity, but he didn't give as much charity as he should have given. Those are the two pshatim. So the Gemara says, even though he gave charity, either he did it for his own honor, or B, says the Gemara in Ketuvot, he gave charity, but he didn't give as much as he should have given. And there's a lot to talk about based on that, because... No, I mean, I, I, mean I, I told them. I told them, yeah, yeah. I told them. You go, go, I don't know. I told them. I thought I did. I thought I did too. So, so based on the Gemarang to vote, it would emerge he was doing it for his own honor. But now this brings us to a question. I don't understand. So how come it happened to him such a miracle? What does he say? But on top of that, what did he say to Hashem here when he was praying? He said, Hashem, make a miracle. Why? Because you know... I didn't do this. I didn't borrow the money from my honor. I didn't borrow the money from my father. But the Gemarang Tuvot says very clearly, at least according to one answer, that he did give tzedakah for his own honor. So which one is it? Was it for his honor? Or was it not for his I honor? I it's a combination. So what's pshat? He's saying he lost his money. It's a pretty serious thing. To such a degree, his family became totally... Impoverished, totally destitute. That's one pshat. But the other pshat, the Gemara says, because he did it, he did it lechvodo. He gave money. It's true, but he did it for his own honor. But lechvodo for his honor, for his honor. That's why he lost his money. So how can we say over here that he davens to Hashem and says, "You know that I'm only doing this for for your sake and not for my honor, not for my family's honor." Which one was it? It seems to be a contradiction. So which one is it? Was it for his honor? Or was he giving tzedakah and taking care of the Jewish people for the sake of Hashem? But usually when a person gives tzedakah, there is a small place of, you know, pride, you know, the people naming their buildings. They gave tzedakah. But the only problem is he says, he says to Hashem, you know, I'm not doing this for my honor. And the Gemara in Ketuvot says he did it for his own honor. So which one is it? What do you want to say? But that's for sure not for his honor. That's for sure not for his honor. But the Gemara in Ketuvot says he gave for his honor. That's why he lost as well. So how do we understand this? How do we understand this in context? Maybe something else he gave. It seems to be a direct contradiction between the Sugyot. Maybe, maybe it's something else that he gave. What do you mean? Maybe other things that he gave tzedakah, not specifically in this situation, but other tzedakah that he gave was for his own couple. Okay, I hear you're saying maybe one time he gave for his own honor, but in this story it was not for his honor. Okay, I could hear that shot. Meaning maybe in general, or in regards to this story, he did this for the Jewish people, for Hashem, not for his own honor, but other times he gave tzedakah for his honor. When you say lichvodo, lichvodo olam. No, but that's not what the Gemara is saying. It's saying why he lost his money. It's a negative thing. It's not a positive thing. Could be kaparat avonot. Yeah. Very hard. Be careful, yeah? Pizza is coming, okay? So what do we make of this? What do you think, doctor? What do we make of this? Yosef. The best he could. That was a nice ketchup. What's that? What did he say? He said he did it. He said in the story in the Ta'anit, he said, I'm doing this 
only for your honor, Hashem. But the Gemara Tuvot says he lost his money because he did it for his own honor. Well, which one was it? Here he clearly states, I'm not doing it for my honor, I'm not doing it for my family's honor, it's only for your honor, Hashem. Only for your honor. And the Gemara Tuvot says he did it for his own honor. He gave tzedakah for his own honor. Now Matan is saying, well, I could hear, maybe there were different instances. Sometimes he gave tzedakah for his own honor, and the Gemara here is saying he didn't do it. This was not, and he testifies it wasn't. There needs an explanation. It seems to be a contradiction. So that. He obviously thought he did the right thing. He, he clearly he thinks that. He clearly thinks that. Hashem but, says no. Hashem, oh. Hashem says no. So Beautiful. There's something that he missed. There's some inconsistency here. Yeah. Beautiful. Hello. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, talk. Don't, don't look at me. You're I'm hanging just, on my shoulder. Well, what can I do? What my shoulder have to do with Take you? Take the right. I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. I got it. It's all done. No, no. I'm listening while I'm standing up. I'm, I'm listening while you're standing up. So the chat's like this. I want to suggest an idea. Just an idea. Maybe. You know, it's a very interesting thing. Sometimes you have people. Everybody looks at them. Now, this Nakdimon, I just want to, before I say anything, he was clearly a tremendous tzaddik. If he's put in a category with Moshe Rabbeinu and Yoshua bin Nun, if he's put in that category, that a nest to such a degree, the sun shone through and not in its time, we're talking about somebody who is on a very, very high level. But I'm just going to try to suggest an idea how we can resolve the apparent contradiction in the two sugyot, the two gemarot. You have sometimes people that they have some flaw, okay? They have some chisaron, some lacking, something that's not uh, a good thing in them. Now, people that are aware of reality and are growing people, so they recognize their flaw, and they say to themselves, I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to develop. It takes a lot of effort, by the way. You know, I was once said, I heard once, I don't remember who said it, but he said, it's easier to finish the entire shas than to change one bad midah. Right. Than to change one bad midah. It's easier to finish all of Gemara than to change one bad character trait. To really change your character in a real way when you're lacking, it's very... It's very, very difficult to, to, change it, to change it at the root. In behavior, behavior is different than midot. Midot means in the, in the core. To really change, very difficult. Now, hopefully we do, but that takes a lot of effort. So you have sometimes people, they have something that's wrong in their character. Okay? Fine. Such people could either be aware or not aware. Now, if they're aware and they're mature and they want to grow, they're going to work on themselves. But sometimes you have people, and maybe we're all guilty of this a little bit, is that we prefer to live in a world of delusion, convincing ourselves we're not lacking, than live in the world of reality that we are lacking and work on that, because that's a very difficult thing to do. So that means, let's say I'm aware of the fact that I'm, I, have, I have a tendency to kas, to anger, for example. So either I could convince myself, and how do we convince ourselves out of that? So there's different things we do. Sometimes we'll convince ourselves, you know, I'm not an angry person. I'm ko'es for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I get angry on behalf of Hashem. I'm not, it's not a bad midah. When somebody does the wrong thing and I scream on them, I'm really doing the right thing. My midah is a good thing. But really, if we were honest with ourselves, it comes from a bad midah that we're manipulating 
we're using in the wrong way. But we convince ourselves that the negative character trait, the negative midah we have, ki'ilu, it's a positive thing. Now, if we convince ourselves it's a positive thing, there's no way we could work on that. Because if I really believe my cost is a positive thing, then I'm not going to develop myself. It's a very simple idea. Let's take another example. Somebody who's about ta'ava. He loves enjoying himself in this world. He likes eating well. He likes drinking well. Ah, but he says, you know, I'm not about ta'afa. Oh, I yeah. eat on Shabbat. I say, L'shem, good shabricho, shchindeh. I say, L'shem, L'shem, the mitzvah of Shabbat. Chabibi, you're about ta'afa. You're convincing yourself that you're doing it for a mitzvah, but really, you're about ta'afa. But one second. But, right. But, if you're so convinced that it's a good thing, you can't work on yourself. You're not living in reality. So perhaps I'd like to suggest an idea. Maybe really to some degree he was lacking. He did it lichvodo. He gave for his own honor. But in his own head he said, I'm not doing this for my sake. I'm not doing this. Now, I want to emphasize again. He was a tremendous tzaddik, this Nakdimon. So on some level, I'm saying at a tiny level, there must have been some lacking that the Gemarang Tuvot tells us to some degree, could have been a tiny degree, that for me and you would be a mitzvah. But for him, yeah. was considered Aveira. Kechut Sa'ara, exactly. But what emerges then, I think it's a tremendous lesson for all of us. We all have shortcomings. We all have lackings. I mean, everybody besides Yosef. And besides, you know, everybody. Everybody is lacking a little. Everybody, what do you want? Everybody, we're human. We're not Malachi Asharet. Okay. But we have to be aware of our Chisronot. If we don't look at our chesronot, our lackings, and the opposite, we convince ourselves that our lackings are actually ma'alot, are actually good things, are actually good character traits, we're never going to develop. So it's very important that we're aware of our lackings. Now sometimes it's hard, by the way, because sometimes when we're inside of our own head, we live for so long thinking what we're doing is just appropriate and acceptable, it takes somebody else coming over to me and saying, look, what you're doing is wrong. And then I step back and I could either say, Get out of here, go away from me. Or I could take a step back and think about it. And say, well, if he's bringing it up, maybe I am lacking. So I could either use, get upset at him for pointing out the obvious, or something that I was never... Or I could say, okay, he was mekayim a mitzvah, hopefully now I'll live in more reality and I'll work on myself. But it's very important to live in reality. If we don't live in reality, we're not aware of our own shortcomings, we can never develop ourselves. We never become better. They say the same thing with the Raglim. Yeah. That uh, they really wanted to talk bad about Israel because they want the God to deal with them. They didn't want to go to Israel. They wanted to be with them. They don't want anything. And, but Hashem knew that inside them there was a little bit, like they said, a fuck of. They might do it also a little bit for their own benefit. Respect, but it's not that they were thinking about themselves. Beautiful. But it was just a little bit. And because there was so big that they came, that little bit was better enough for them to be uh, shy. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, Cheva. But thank you again. Cheva, thank you again for. Wow. David for sponsoring. And uh, our learning, Baruch Hashem, was the Nishmat Yochanan ben Raphael. The Neshama should have an Aliyah. Yosef, thank you again for arranging the uh, deal. And uh, Pizza 41, thank you for hosting us again. We're going to stop here, Chevra. Is that Hashem? We'll pick up next week. Two, three, Two is perfect.
I'm going to eat now. And uh, thank you everybody else for coming also. This has been really a highlight of my week, I got to say.